0: Hello, I am Marisa Viveros, Vice-President of Strategy and Offerings for the Telecommunications, Media and Entertainment Industry at IDEA. And I believe 5G will transform our most fundamental human needs, how we connect with each other.
1: This is Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World? The usually weekly podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. But first, in an effort to get to know our guests a little bit better, we like to pose three questions from the Proust questionnaire. Marisa, are you ready for those? I am, Sean. Question number one, who are your heroes in real life?
0: From a technical perspective, uh, Fran Allen. And you may be asking, who is she? She is an American computer scientist and pioneer in the field of compilers optimization. She was the first woman to become an IBM Fellow and to become the first woman to win the Turing Award. Her achievements include seminal work in compilers, program optimization, and parallelization. Therefore, very close to what I have done in my career and knowing her personally. From a business perspective, Steve Jobs, I will say, who needs no introduction? A pioneer that changed computing, communication, and entertainment as we know it today, with product simplicity that many thought not possible.
1: And question number two, what is your most treasured possession?
0: Sean, i um, not sure if it's a treasure, but my cell phone. Uh, as it allows me to be in touch with family, friends, customers, colleagues, allows me to journal my day with photos, communicate through video, and just endless useful applications. So definitely my cell phone is very treasure.
1: And question number three, who are your favorite writers?
0: I enjoy uh, reading uh, Latin American writers, especially because of my background. And within those, the genre of magical realism. So those that are favorite are Isabel Allende, uh, a Chilean writer, uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, a Colombian writer, um, both of them uh, Nobel Prize. And while a European uh, Jose Saramago is, I find him so contemporary to our current situation that we live today as he describes a pandemic event in his book,
1: um Blindness. So, Marisa, I appreciate you joining me to have this 5G discussion today, but before we get into that, could you give our audience a bit of an overview of your responsibilities at IBM and your capacity as VP of Strategy and Offerings for Telecom, Media, and Entertainment?
0: Yeah, sure, Sean. I you know My main role as a is, if you may think about it, the... IBM portfolio is very large. So as a strategist, what I look at is what are our clients needs and what is the IBM portfolio in conjunction with our partners offer to them. And put that into context and try to kind of build the narrative and the story of how everyone in IBM will tell that story. So for me, it's just a fascinating piece of work that needs to get done every year as we modernize, and as we trying to also are changing their needs, as part of that, you know, my function also includes um, you know, identifying new opportunities for IBM. So, for instance, you know, I've been working with a large team uh, in all of the 5G and edge computing strategy for operators, the adoption of open architectures, and the usage of AI uh, to address network, network modernization, automation. Uh, in the creation of new digital services. Um, what I like on my position is that it has kind of the thinking, the strategy part, but it also has an execution. So I'm very um, responsible for uh, all of the partner ecosystem as relates to the network, as well as a small uh, engineering team that does all of the pre-integration and pre-testing of solutions. So we can go to clients now, Uh, not only with, you know, sort of piece of technology, but with actual solution that they can deploy in their environment. So, you know, very broad um, functions, Uh, yet I think one of my kind of very interesting functions also is um, I'm a member of the board of Linux Foundation Networking, which to me brings, you know, the whole area of open architectures in the whole domain of, open source you know, leveraging the open source community in order to achieve a no greater acceleration and innovation in
1: data. So Marisa, 2020, a uh, lot of action around 5G in the US, we hit some important milestones around nationwide coverage from our tier ones and uh, similar action in a lot of developed markets globally. But I'm curious, uh, since we're recording early in the year here, what are some of your expectations for 2021? What are the, uh, the trends that you're watching that uh, IBM is looking to address as it relates to 5G?
0: Yeah, so you know, in the beginning of this year, we came up with uh, five trends, which really reflects uh, what is happening in the market, what we hear from customers, uh, what we hear from our partners. And some of those are, you know, automation and security they go hand in hand in terms of addressing uh, the needs of building the networks uh, in a faster and allowing those networks to be uh, upgraded and updated you know, on an ongoing basis as opposed to you know a periodic basis of a year you know, upgrade so that automation allows for uh, leveraging you know experts, and, and getting it to be much more software oriented and much more predictable in a way that you know, telecommunication companies deploy the network. So automation and security, of course, is very important. The second one is edge computing. Uh, edge computing um, really, um, I would say by itself is already a huge benefit. And we could deploy, we could deploy edge computing with LTE or LTE plus networks. But with 5G, allow us to accelerate that level of this capacity that we, we, that we can have in terms of processing where the data is being captured. So, for instance, uh, a video for, for face recognition is being captured at the edge. You know, the processing can be done right there and render maybe authorization to a user uh, in order to, to use a particular device or a particular function. Uh, the third area is. Uh, you know, giving you know, our huge investment in open source, um, in Red Hat, uh, in open standards, um, we believe that, you know, 5G will continue to, you know, 5G innovation will continue to happen uh, through these standards, allowing for interoperability, allowing for now the software, the, uh, the, the access layer of the network, which is what we call the open RAN, uh, the radio access network, that, that layer getting more solidified uh, in a software-based environment with all the benefits that we have I know, in an IT environment. So that is still evolving. Uh, adoption is, is happening, but I think that is continuing to evolve in 2021 and get much more solidified. Um, IOT, uh, obviously with the benefits that we get from 5G and the support for so many more device connectivity now in types of devices uh, that I think it will go much more pervasive um, in various industries, uh, having more sensors um, in order to capture the data, in order to take I know, actions in processing with AI and with other analytics tool and then taking the, the appropriate action uh, within um, in those environments. And the last one is um, the, the last, um, you know, the last mile delivery uh, will really happen. So what that means, you know, is um, now we can see, you no know, the use of 5G Uh, in the enterprise, um, really monetizing applications uh, and and really getting the benefit of the technology um, throughout, you know, for the consumer side as well as for the enterprise.
1: And for the benefit of our audience, Marisa contributed a uh, piece to our publication Enterprise IoT Insights that goes into a little more depth on those uh, trends that I'd encourage everybody to read I'd like to talk in a little more detail about two of those items. First, uh, network automation. Right now, 5G is all about enhanced mobile broadband for consumers, but that's uh, quickly giving way to a focus on enabling enterprises with these very bespoke types of services. In that latter situation, maybe you can put a fine point on why network automation is going to be critical for operators to adhere to these variable, dynamic, and stringent service level agreements and really differentiate themselves in the market with the types of services that they're able to offer.
0: That's an excellent question. So the, the way that I look and that looks at network automation is sort of uh, different uh, areas. So uh, you know, first of all, networks are getting more uh, software, um, software based, um, and deployed over cloud environments. Uh, and therefore the automation needs to go hand and hand with that type of, you know, with that type of uh, implementation. Um, so if, when I look at automation, automation means automation at the planning of the network, whether that network is intended to be used for consumer um, usage or for enterprise usage, the planning needs to be done in an automated manner. You know, clearly lay out all the steps that needs to happen without human intervention. The second area is the design of the network. So where do I place the different endpoints? Where do I place my my review units, my control unit? Where where all of that placement is done? um, You know, requires analytics, requires telemetry um, in order to do that in a Automated manner, um, and that I think that is still evolving, but the automation uh, needs to happen at that. In the third area is on the network uh, operation. So now we have you know, hybrid, hybrid, and hybrid network uh, deploy and we need to operate, whether it needs to be operated at the remote side or at the central unit, you know, all of that operation needs to, to, to happen. So automation is, is sort of throughout the life cycle of the network from, you know, genera- from, you know, kind of instantiating all the way to uh, the operation of the network. Now, when it comes really interesting with the enterprise there is that uh, enterprises need to leverage that. Uh, they may also have what we call hybrid um, 5G uh, networks or, or, and also private 5G. And those needs to work hand-in-hand with the typeco network in order to get the broadband access. So I think we will see you know, much more development in this domain of automation. And the, the critical area there is using the data, using data, uh, at the different levels, whether it is device level or right, you know, usage level, all of that data needs to be used in order to make you know, those tools that are doing the automation in a much more seamless, uh, seamless manner. So to me, it's a beautiful idea um, that is not about replacing people, but, it, but it's about augmenting uh, you know, the, the network engineers in order to do their, their job better and in order to do that complex Um, you know, know, multi-5G network that is going to be deployed uh, in a much more easier manner.
1: In keeping with this idea of enterprise 5G services, there's this anecdote. Edge computing doesn't need 5G, but 5G needs edge computing. When we think about operators monetizing an enterprise 5G service, really taking advantage of that sub-10 millisecond range latency, what is the relationship between five G edge computing and service monetization?
0: So, so edge computing, you are very right. Um, edge computing um, may happen uh, without five G, and in fact, you no, know, we have some implementation of edge computing today. Uh, oil refineries probably are using or some of the are using already some of that form of edge computing. Um, I think that what we are looking at twenty twenty one is you know, edge computing apply in a much more pervasive manner uh, across uh, applications and solutions and, and being used much more. So um, even today, uh, you know, logistic applications will benefit from the data that is being captured, uh, you know, across the, the tracking of the package or tracking of, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, trucks or, or, or cars. So, so a lot of the I think what we are seeing now is that with edge computing we can capture the data as it's being you know to, as the devices are being moved and, and use that data in a very effective manner so using that data uh, to provide a new services now where my package is or where uh, the tractor is going to deliver you no know, items to my home is um, you know having that real-time information whether it is, the logistic uh, process, or it is a supply chain management uh, for an enterprise, um, tracking their goods, uh, and with all of that, I think it's going to be beneficial, um, you know, from from edge computing, and it's going to get, um, you know, the, the the lift from 5G as 5G provides you know higher um, content of locality, and so hyperlocal, having that hyperlocal through 5G networks. Uh, is going to make it much more, uh, you know, useful uh, and beneficial uh, to the end users and of course, to enterprises.
1: So when we look at the big picture here, Marisa, I'm hoping you can help me kind of understand this core question that I struggle with. And that's, you know, what is the right sort of delivery and consumption model for these complex enterprise 5G services? you know you mentioned private networks earlier we see this global move to liberalize access to spectrum so there's this situation where an enterprise can really fully control their network right down to the spectrum piece but then we also see the operators working directly with enterprise we see operators partnering with cloud companies to address the, spe- the space and then you know to some extent we even see telco vendors Directly addressing enterprise through that that private network angle. So, how do you how do you contextualize all of that? You know what what can IBM do? What can the telecom industry as a whole do to effectively address the needs of these enterprise customers and monetize their offerings?
0: Yeah, I think what we're seeing right now is a transition, and um, in every I would say every ten years. Um, There is a new technology uh, that, you know, is in the the market that says, okay, now we will replace uh, the telco infrastructure. We can have our own network. um, We can manage that, deploy, manage, and so on. Um, You know, that trend has happened, you know, often uh, in in the telecommunication industry. So I think what we are seeing today is a little bit of that, you know, now with private 5G, we can replace the telco. Um, And what we found, you know, over time is that it is not just about deploying the network, but it's about maintaining that network. And that maintenance is probably, you know, gonna have more more than 50% of the budget is gonna be on the maintenance of the not of the deployed network. And definitely enterprises will take a pass at doing that. But over time, I think they, they will find that it is better for the telco to manage. Uh, in, in that um, you know those environments in, in a much more effective manner, especially when you need high resiliency, um, you know, you need kind of 24 by seven in, 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 so in high scalability, uh, that is going to be you no know, more, it's going to become more apparent that you know a telco is best positioned to offer that network. Now, how IBM is working with telcos today is by partnering with them and in, co- in conjunction, um, addressing uh, enterprise needs. So let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, with Buick Telecom in uh, France, we are partnering with uh, Telecom and IBM, using IBM services, um, in, innovation services in, um, in order to go uh, out to certain enterprises and says, you know, let's experiment, on what new services can use 5G and edge computing, what IBM uh, and Verizon are doing together uh, in terms of addressing uh, entertainment. So having um, you know, make um, the edge computing uh, in venues just such as uh, airports, such as um, uh, stadiums, uh, and they are providing you know, new services to the users that are uh, at the stadium or at, at the airport. And so we have a set of use cases that we are doing with Verizon uh, in that domain. The second domain is uh, manufacturing uh, 4.0. So now together, IBM and Verizon partnering with the biggest manufacturers in order to modernize um, you know, manufacturing uh, floors uh, as well as a uh, supply chain in logistics uh, for these companies. So I think if we're experimenting, um, it has to be this, this three-way experimentation of the companies that have the domain expertise, um, such as the manufacturer, such as the company, and the telco that has the expertise of the, communic- the connectivity and the communication, a high speed, high resiliency, uh, and then an IB, and a company like IBM that has the experience of IT um, cloud um, infrastructure uh, as well as the, the, uh, the industry expertise in order to realize uh, some of these use cases so um, I think if we are going to a transition but I think it you know we are experimenting, um, in trying this out with companies in order to make it, you know, to realize what are the use cases that will remain um, and that will be deployed in a, in a broad manner and those that, hey, we did try um, but it was good. We, we didn't, we really just move on to the next one. Well,
1: Marisa, I, I really appreciate you kind of helping me understand that, that market map and give us those examples of how IBM is looking to bring 5G edge and all of these other technologies into the enterprise space and uh, thank you again for, for taking the time to explore this question will 5G change the world
0: thank you Sean this was my pleasure
1: will 5G change the world is an art and media production for advertising inquiries contact Danny Miller at d.miller@ardenmedia.com. At the show today was produced and edited by me, Sean King. Thanks for listening.